Hello, listeners, and welcome to Sober Town. I am King 13, joining you today on this lovely, lovely train ride into the wonderful world of sobriety. And I am a member of the I Am Sober community. I just want to give a shout out to them. I Am Sober, it's a free app that you can download, and it's a counter, and it will basically count your um, alcohol-free days. You can post and respond and make friends, which is really lovely. Um, I've made a lot of really, really beautiful friends that I never would have before. And also here at Sobertown, we have spent a lot of time and hours, all the contributors, putting um, just everything together for you. Some brave stories from some I Am Sober members, um, a couple of which I have with me today. And we're going to talk about something else. And there's just lots of book recommendations and just there's so many resources and things. Do yourself a favour after we're done and go and have a look around. And speaking of my two lovely um, ladies who are joining me today, we thought this was an interesting subject because they actually have a group um, within our, we have a lot of telegram groups of women and so forth, and there is a single, a singles group. So I was thinking, you know, I was single for 20 years before I got married, so half of my 40 years out there. And... Um, yeah, I thought, let's do this. So I've got Squirrel Monkey with me today and also I've got Namaste. How are you, ladies? Hey, thanks for having us. Good. Good. Thank you. How are we, ladies? Now, listen, you two are very single. Is this correct for anybody who may be listening out there and think, wow, she's got a nice voice? <laughs> <laughs> you do. Hey, we can try something different. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this will be... The um, most unintentional pickup ever, if it ever happens, because this is not why we're doing that. We are doing it to actually try and help everyone out there, plus these ladies, plus all our other friends that we have in the I Am Sober community or anywhere else, to wonder how the heck do we navigate this world in dating. But, you know, I'm going to start off here as someone who is a single one, was felt very single for a very long time, sometimes still feels today. Because I supported myself for like 20 years. And when I was out there, I don't know about you, but number one, I always went out with friends. I knew most of my most of my partners first. Did you guys? No, no. Um, I, I think because after I got divorced, I the community I was in, was it was people I went to high school with. And it wasn't really my circle. But then after getting divorced and moving, it, it gets a lot harder to meet people. And all of my friends were married. And so, no, I didn't, I didn't have friends to go out with. Um, it usually ended up starting out on dating sites. And can you say they're your friend before you actually meet and go on a date? Mm-hmm. No, not really. Because mm-hmm. you don't really know them until you've met. So, yeah, no, my, mine have not been my friends. <laughs> They've been complete and utter strangers. And that's a whole new ballgame to, to get started in. <laughs> what about you, Namaste? Because I find this fascinating because right there, you and I have got completely different contrasts. So, go on. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, some of you know I was married for 38 years. So, I didn't get divorced until I was 60 years old. So, um, yeah, I didn't really even date for a while at all. And then when I when I decided to try it, I did go online because I live in a really small town. Everybody knew me. There wasn't anybody to date here. 
So yeah, same thing. Same thing as Squirrel Monkey. I did uh I did the online thing and uh it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. So we've done the opposite thing. See, I was I was single right through my teens, twenties, thirties, forty, up to forty. Then you ladies were married in those years and now you've come well now I got married and came to America and then you ladies have taken on board. I've got friends like that now that they they weren't partying back then, they were you know getting married and having kids or getting together and having children. And I was the one doing it all. I was the one out in the world, do, 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 flitting around, doing this, doing that, working here, working there. And they were the ones that were much more settled. Mm-hmm. And now their kids have grown up and I, I'm the one. <laughs> so, And now they're the ones that are actually having so much more fun. What I reckon it's a bit like, I reckon you've got to have the attitude. I was thinking about this a lot in the last couple of days and I thought it's a bit like when we decided, like, hey, we're going to, you know, maintain, try and maintain our sobriety. This is how we've got to do it. Everything I believed and thought, I reversed my thinking about anything that would come into my brain. Mm-hmm. Looking yeah. over, watching a couple of people having fun, dinner, that'd be fun. No, it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Straight away. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> because, and I'll tell you why, I've been in every single situation you'll possibly, I reckon, imagine where alcohol's been romanticised, looks absolutely the best it can possibly look, and I've experienced it. So I know what it's like. I've been at the romantic dinners. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, whatever. I've done it. So I know that I've had the experience, and once you've had it, that's fine. It comes and goes like other things. I can kind of um, understand where where you're going with that because um, I mean I'm I'm on I'm on trying to do the online dating now and and, and it's worked for me in the past so I'm I'm not giving up hope but I recently joined a singles group that they announce all of their gatherings and stuff on online on Facebook and they have the Facebook groups and the Facebook invites and everything. And it's people my age, but every one of their gatherings are centered around a bar, whether it's going to listen to jazz music at a bar, which I did used to do before I quit drinking, but I haven't been since, or they'll go meet uh, one of the bars that has like the shuffleboard and, and things that you can do and have fun, but it's all centered around the drinking and they seem like they're all very nice people. And I know they always have a lot of fun, but they'll post pictures afterwards and it's all centered around the drinking. And so I'm hesitant to even go and even attend any of the events. I try to look for stuff that doesn't have any alcohol involved. Well, none of it does. So I, I just, I know what that, that party is like, and I don't want to be a part of it. So I don't know if maybe I'm kind of biased and not willing to give them a chance, but it's not an environment I want to be in anymore. Right, right, right. What about you, Namaste? Well, I would say that uh, I maybe a couple of years after I got divorced, I I did that, but I was drinking. My first experience with online dating, I was drinking. I think I looked at it through foggy glasses. Yeah, my standards were not very high. Have a completely different attitude now uh, about it. But um, but yeah, usually the first date is meeting for a drink. Or mm-hmm. if if I was given a choice of coffee or a drink, I would <clears throat> I would choose the drink because mm-hmm. for one reason I you know I was working. It seemed just seemed more social to meet for a drink. Uh, a little easier to do because you could have a little liquid courage to do it. 
then I, I, then I was in a relationship for about a year. That was just before COVID. And then when COVID hit, I, I haven't really been dating since. I just started again uh, with the online thing. And so I know what you mean. It's a lot of things are revolving around that. So it, that's a challenge. It's, it's a different world. Mm. Being, it's a different world. Yeah, okay. And getting back to what I said about reversing everything, it's like coming into this world now and saying, okay, if you, the first thing you say is tick, deal breaker, don't want him to drink, okay? Let's face it, I'd be saying, great, it weeds out all the people that I just don't want to be bothered going through, okay? Even if someone has, if I was a moderate drinker and I was a guy and I saw you and I liked you and you said that you didn't drink, and I thought, you know what, I can go on a date without drinking, mm-hmm. then that would still be okay, right? Yes, mm-hmm. it would be yeah. because they're showing responsible behaviour. You know, he might, he might do a white lie. He might be a complete non-drinker. But if he was a, a normie, it might still be okay. And they, I've, been, I've done a lot of research in, in the last few days, and they say you know, alcohol ruins relationships, period. It just does. Yes, absolutely. In the past, whenever I would date, I was always – kind of taken that middle line of, oh, well, if it says occasional drinker on their profile and, or it says they just are a social drinker, I would be willing to go out with them and I would be willing to go on dates with them. And I, that was back when I was moderating and not drinking super heavy. And I figured out real quick this time around that that's not going to work for me. Um, because in my last relationship that I ended up being engaged in, it started out just social drinking, just, Mm. just enjoy a cocktail here and there. And I didn't know that behind closed doors in secret, when I was not aware, there was a lot more drinking going on. And, um, that had always been a hard limit for me was not being addicted to alcohol because my father was, and, and I saw what alcoholism did to people and how it hurt relationships. So that was always a hard limit. And once I found that out, um, our relationship had actually ended by the time I, I realized why it and had ended because it was, it was being hidden from me. So, now that I'm not drinking, I don't even consider profiles. If they say that they are, if they say they're a non-drinker, then I'll talk to them. But if they say that they are social drinkers or that they just have one now and again, at this point, I think because I was so hurt when my engagement ended that I don't even consider it. And I may be losing out on some amazing opportunities to meet some amazing men. And maybe that's supposed to be the person that is my person, but I don't think so. I don't, I don't want that in my life. And that's a hard boundary for me. And it was a hard boundary that I ignored before. So I'm not going to do it this time. So um, I think that your, your hard boundaries, so to, so to speak, disappear. If you're drinking, you, you tend to let people go past that hard boundary and not drinking. I don't put up with as much. I I don't put up with being demeaned. And I had, I was talking to someone not too long ago in a text message and they asked what I was planning on doing or what I normally did in the summertime when it was too hot to hike. And I'm like, well, I usually end up fussing in the yard and they texted back. Oh, you mean messing in the yard. And that just went all over me. And I'm like, you're seriously going to text me and correct me on what I'm saying when we've not even met yet. And I'm like, no, I meant fussing, not messing. (laughs) So just little things like that. I think when, when you're living your life sober, you don't put up 
or at least I don't put up with as much. I I've gone through so much in the last uh, 24 months that, that I'm not going to put up with that anymore. So maybe that's a different perspective. I don't know. Yeah. And look again, you go in with, you know, good faith and you know, all things going well. And there are unfortunately people who still will not tell the truth and that's going to happen. But I would be maybe willing to do it once because I can tell you right now, as soon as I eyeballed you and sat down with you, I would probably get a pretty quick inkling after a couple of questions and working out pretty well. Yeah. Just ask you a few questions about your social life and so forth, whether you, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then just basically asking them, (laughs) basically. I want to know, but anyway. I do let the occasional drinker, you know what I mean, up on my profile. When they say, I forget what the other one is, what time is happy hour or something is the other choice or something like that. And then there's the non-drinker. So I've let that continue, but I've had a couple of conversations with people. And what I do now is, uh, to talk to somebody on the phone before even meeting. And mm-hmm. you can tell also if you scan through photos and there's, you know, there's five photos and four of them are holding a beer, forget about it, you know, or you could tell a lot by the pictures, the background, mm-hmm. where the pictures are taken and, and a lot of that and what they write. So recently had an interesting thing that I've never done before. The guy on there, he, had said occasional drinker, but he suggested doing a Zoom instead right. of just a phone call, which is the first time I've ever done that. And we 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 zoomed for three hours. Yay. <laughs> yeah. We got to talk about all that stuff. By doing that versus the phone call, I was able to tell a lot by, you know, his his the way his physical, you know, his physical right, appearance. Exactly. Mm-hmm. didn't look like a drinker and we talked about it and then we ended up uh, meeting he had one glass of wine and I had seltzer and it was fine mm-hmm. he's not he doesn't have a problem with it that I know of I'm just taking it very slow I'm very cautious and uh at I think at my age I have to say I I like living alone and I actually like being single so mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this because I really like my privacy now and I like living alone. Uh, I don't know how, how you feel, but I found that trying to get sober or getting sober over a year now and living alone, I, I think would have been a lot harder to do if I had a partner or a live-in uh, anybody living with me because I can control my environment right now. You know, right. I, I yeah. know I have a safe and sober house. I know I can do what I want. I can, I can eat what I want. I can stay up as late as I want. I, I like that. And I've got, I think, really yeah, I think that's part of, you know, we're re- we recapture our lives because when I was just moderating and when I was in my last relationship, I still didn't drink a lot. I didn't actually start drinking more until after the relationship ended. And I, it was self-harm. It was 100% totally self-harm. I was just, I was hurt. I was mad. I was angry. And when I finally decided, you know, enough's enough, 
I'm the same way now. I like my life. I, I have a good house. I have a good job and I'm happy. I'm back to doing the things I love doing. I am hiking a lot and I just, I want to have someone in my life that I can do things with, but I want that romantic partner too. And I think that is part of it. Like you're saying, you get kind of protective in a way because you get comfortable and you like your life. And I have a hiking partner that is a guy. Um, he and I have been friends. He actually was very supportive while I was um, healing my broken heart from when my engagement ended because I was just devastated and ended up with some trauma from it. I think it's actually called CP- CPTSD, but he was great to help me heal when I was healing through that. Very supportive. And we go on hikes together. And it's nice to have somebody that I can go do things with that I'm not romantically inclined towards. And that is not romantically inclined towards me. And um, some people think, oh, well, how can you hike with someone of the opposite sex and it not be a re- not be a couple or a relationship? But honestly, for us, it, we just laugh about it because it's like, yeah. ew, it's, it's no. <laughs> and if there's ever any feels, it goes away really quick because we're just friends. But he and I talk a lot about it as well, because I'm I'm just now really authentically, truly ready to get out into the dating scene. And so my partner and I, my hiking partner and I, we talk about it and he, he, he has pointed out basically what you're saying that, you know, I've liked being single and I'm comfortable and I want things the way they are. And ultimately it's my safe space. So my singleness has been my safe space. But I also still remember what it was like when I was with my last relationship and I was so happy and on cloud nine. And I thought I'd found the love of my life and I want that again. And so one of the things I've learned through all of the hiking I've done over the years is sometimes you have to take a leap of faith, jump off and hope for the best. And I have had some amazing adventures as a result of that. And I kind of look at the dating world as kind of like, you know, you're, you're standing on that ledge, you're on the precipice. Do you want to jump off? Do you not? Is there a way you can just kind of dip your toe in? And I, I'm, I'm ready to, to do that again. And this time I'm not having alcohol in my life. And I, do, I don't want to date anybody that, that, says they occasionally drink because if I, there's been people I've talked to online that'll say, Oh, well, it's just occasional. Well, when you start, I started having a conversation with someone and they were talking about just occasionally drinking. And I mentioned my daughter and my daughter working at a bar and how, um, she's got clients that love specific things. And he started talking about old fashions and, that just set off a trigger alarm for me. I'm like, if you can name all the ingredients in old fashions and you can tell me all the different ways that they're amazing, you and I are not going to, we're not going to go mm. any further. And that, that is not a conversation I'm going to have. So yeah, I'm, I don't buy into that whole social construct that we have to drink to have fun and we have to drink to relax. And I've done it. And when I see commercials about it now, it just pisses me off because I go out and I have a grand old time and I don't touch alcohol at all. And if I was drinking, I would not have the energy to be doing what I'm doing. And I'm training to climb a mountain for God's sake. <laughs> I don't need that crap in my life. <laughs> yes, you're, you're, this is true. You've got to get up, up, up over that mountain. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. How is that going by the way? 
Um, some days I just think, what the hell am I doing? Because I, I have training days where it's strength training and endurance. And then there's other days that it's mobility and I like my mobility days. And, you know, when you're 50, things just don't, they don't slide and glide without a little bit of pain. Mm -hmm. And so when I have my hit days, my high intensity days, the next day I'm sore and I'm like, am I really going to do this? But I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, right? At least I'm going to try. And so I've got my mountain picked out. I've got my bulletin board set up and it's a vision board with what I'm going to climb. And, and I want to date and I would love to have a, a partner go with me. And my hiking partner will go if, if I don't have anybody to, to, uh, because he doesn't want me to go by myself, but I would love to have somebody in my life to share that with. But if not, I'm going to stand up on top of Mount Sherman and say, here I yeah. am, I did it. <laughs> and there you go. And this gets back to joining groups and, and, and look, nothing's going to come to you unless you put yourself out there. And I get mm -hmm. to the point of, does it matter whether you drink or you don't drink? If you isolate, you isolate. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you don't get off your butt and do something about it, Chances are, you know, he's not going to come, the, the pizza delivery boy is not going to be a knight in shining armour, but whatever the case may be. But, you know, I mean, it is hard because we, as the older we get, the more content we get and we do get set in our ways mm -hmm. and we like things a certain way and we don't want to upset some of the apple cart. We've made things a certain way. You, you know, you've worked hard in many years to, to get what you have and the way you like it. So... Having said that, now moving forward, knowing that your dating experiences are going to be probably, well, they probably will be sober, <laughs> whether the other person's sober or not, we'll see. Do you think you'll end up dating a different type of person to what you were dating drinking? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. And have you ever dated that type of person before? No, I, I don't know about you, Namaste, but I have not. And um, I think in the past, it was more about, I focused more on them and less on myself. And now I've got, I've, I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I know what I'm willing to put up with, what I'm not willing to put up with. But at the same time, I'm also looking at the character of people because, what? you know, when you're in your twenties, it's all about the looks and you're really not thinking too much about the character. Hey, we're shallow. <laughs> we're shallow as hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And even, and even now it's still, like someone looks good. Yeah. Yeah. And even now, I mean, that, that's still part of it, but I don't just immediately make my judgments based mm. off of appearance only. And I do know, well, so I'm going to throw this out there. My ex is never going to hear this, but um, my last relationship when I was engaged, it was, it was enlightening because before I dated that man, I hadn't dated anybody like him. And now it's not that I want to redate him or date somebody like that, but I know I want someone that is interested in music and passionate about different kinds of music and can have a conversation, not just me go hunting, me go fishing. Ugh. It is someone that is <laughs> intelligent and funny. And so it, before I dated him, I didn't think twice about the guys that had their, like their, their profiles with the deer and the fish that they, that they killed. And they do this. They do <laughs> oh this. Oh my God. It, it, it's, it's so yes, sad. Whereas now I basically have oh a few rules Lord. when it comes to dating profiles. And if your first picture is with a fish delete, if your if your pictures are with, with dead deer delete, I eat deer. I cook phenomenal deer, 
but I don't want to see your, your kill. I want to see you as person. So I, I don't date the same sort of people because I just bypass those right off the bat. And if there are already guys listening, none of us want to see you with your shirt off. We're going to just move right on past your profile. So especially in the toilet, in the mirror. Yes. And a dirty toilet at that. What the hell is that? No, I'm not. I I have no intentions in dating the type of people I dated before. I I want to, I want to be challenged and and have fun, but no, I don't want to be grossed out. (laughs) I, I agree. I used to always be, when I was drinking, I was always attracted to the bad boys, pretty much the badder, the better. I, that was my go-to. I, was attracted to guys that were like, like a little bit wild, a little bit edgy. That, that was my type. And I had a t- definitely had a type. And where did it get me? Not, not in a good place. I agree with what you're saying. Since I found that I'm sober, I'm really trying to not look at just the looks. And I'm trying to really read a profile and see if there's something there because I have the attitude a different attitude now that actually a friend of mine had said is that, you know, what's the worst that can happen is that you make a really good friend. And even if the dating, the dating with that person doesn't work out, you're at least you spend an evening or a couple of dates with somebody that you admire or somebody that you can actually talk to about something that you're both interested in. That's, Which that's very true. Namaste. Cause I mean, that's how, that's how I found my hiking partner. We ended up hitting it off as friends and are great friends. And I've got several guys that I am really, really good friends with and it's been awesome, but we are just friends. So I am glad that I've done that. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you look at it as experience. So like, if you meet, if you, even if you go on a date and it doesn't really work out, well, what did I learn from that? learn something about myself? Did I learn something about what I don't like or what I do like or what I'm attracted to or I'm not attracted to? Sorry, sorry, not even more so than that, darling. What I was looking at is, did you have fun at the end of the day? Who gives a damn about, you know, we, we tend to break things, things down in, you know, boxes. Did I do this? Did I have that? Was he this? Did he do that? At the end of the day, did you like the bloke or girl and did you have fun? That's it. Yeah. And were they honest and did you trust them and, and you felt like, when you can relax with someone, and I mean really relax with someone, and you forget about time, that's when it's good. Yeah, and I you look agree. At your clock and go, oh my god, oh my god, we've been here an hour and a half, and you know, better get you know that sort of thing. I and went on a coffee date like that. Yeah, I went on a coffee date like that not too long ago, and and it, it well, we had a great time. This is all sounding brighter already. Yeah, we, we had a great time. It was kind of bizarre because it was at this coffee shop and we, and he walks in and I'm like, oh, well, he's cute. And he comes and sits down after he got his coffee because we, we showed up with our own coffee. We had agreed the Dutch date and we sat down and started talking and we ended up talking for two and a half hours on a coffee date in the middle of the day. And it was, it was kind of surreal because at one time I'm like, I'm really, I'm vibing with this guy. This is, it's great to have fun. And we're just laughing and talking and being stupid. 
And talking about our dogs, talking about our kids, talking about silly things that happened at jobs, anything and everything under the sun. And we had a great time. And whenever it was done, he went back to work and I went off to have lunch with a girlfriend of mine. And I walked out thinking, well, that was a lot of fun. I don't see it going anywhere, but I just had three hours of fabulous conversation with somebody. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what you get uh, when you're eyeballing someone. Yeah. That's what happened to me too. I I met the guy that I had the the long Zoom with, and we went. We met halfway. The problem with him is he's an hour and a half away, and so that makes it a little tricky. So we we were both a little hesitant about it because ah, not, if you love him, don't worry about it. Anyway, go on. Yeah, tell us tell us the good bits. Well, we met halfway, and it was a five hour. <laughs> it was a five hour dinner. Yeah. I mean, we had we had dinner. We wow. sat by a fire. He had, like I said, he had one glass of wine and we talked for five hours and it went by like really fast. It was it was worth it was really worthwhile. And that was just last weekend. So I don't know what's happening with it. Uh, he's a widower, which is kind of at my age. That's kind of a good thing in a way, because you aren't dealing with a lot of baggage from somebody that's still angry at their ex-wife or, you know, maybe has little kids because they, because they were with somebody that was 25 years old and had a couple yeah. babies. That I've happens. run into that lately. And I'm like, I'm 50. Why do you have a three-year-old? I know. I want to do that again. I've done that. I have grandchildren yeah. now. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I think I, I didn't know for sure what we were going to talk about today was, sober dating or just being single and sober because well it doesn't matter whatever yeah <laughs> there's no there's no you know big red lines just whatever well because i will say one thing about being single and sober i found that i don't get invited to things like i used to no, because no. a lot of my friends are heavy hitters also a lot of them are married so number one you don't get invited to the married couple thing because they're all threatened by a single woman and then with a lot of my girlfriends it was a happy hour social thing you know I can have just as much fun in fact one of them actually said to me when I told her I wasn't drinking but sure I'm looking forward to meeting up with you guys she said are you going to be as much fun Mm, and I was, I just had to laugh and mm, I thought, yeah. this is supposed to be a friend of mine, you know, like, mm-hmm. really? Yeah, I lost, an, I lost an entire months. group. Yeah, I lost an entire group of women that I hung out with. And we didn't start hanging out based off of, of having cocktails. But as we got to know each other more and our friendships grew, it did spin. It did kind of spin out that way. And I lost that group. We're still Facebook friends, but I don't get invited to any of their, in any of their stuff anymore. And I would love to say that they didn't get together anymore, but case in point, I got on Venmo this morning to request um, a payment from my daughter. And I saw on there, these two women, and it was about their wine date. And I'm thinking, yeah, I just, I don't get invited to that stuff anymore. And on one side, it kind of hurts, but on the other side, it really doesn't just because 
my sobriety means more to me. Um, well, here's the thing. Would you go? Would you both go? I, 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 thought, I probably wouldn't go because of the type of environment it was in. Now, last it's night, just I just been, spend, being yeah. thought of, yeah. Yeah. Now, last night, I did go spend um, Valentine's Day with my friend and she drinks and we actually went on vacation together and she and I get along great and I don't feel pressured to drink. I don't feel like if I don't drink that there's something wrong. We are great friends regardless. And she was there through me with me whenever my engagement fell apart. She gave me a place to stay. Um, she has been through thick and thin with me. And that means a lot because it has made, I think in a way it has kind of made that relationship stronger because she was there when, when my dad died, she went with, she was with me when I went down to see my dad, she was with me the day I found out he died. And so it's a, it's a good friendship. It's a true friendship. So I can look at my group of girlfriends that I lost because I'm not going out and drinking with them. And then I've also got a friend that she, she drinks really heavily, but it doesn't affect our relationship. So I think it kind of just depends on the type of people that you have in your life, being single and being sober. Um, some of them I can be around and some of them, I, it's not a loss. I'm just better off not being around them anymore. And I'm trying to, to get more involved in activities and groups that don't center around drinking and don't have it even as an option, but there's still that stigma because I mean, it's, it's in our face. All of the advertising everywhere is about, well, if you're socializing, you should have alcohol. Well, who socializes single people socialize. And then you kind of have to, you have to step back and then you have to decide whether you want to go or not. Like with me, not going to the singles meetings that are around alcohol. I just, I choose to stay home in my little sanctuary and my safe space, but I don't feel bad about it. And I don't know if, I don't know if any of you guys have ever felt that way, but used to when I was at home and by myself, I felt I'd start the pity party. Oh, poor me. I don't have anybody to hang out oh, yeah. with. And, oh, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm alone and, and it's a single time and Valentine's day is here and I would be upset. And now I'm just like perfectly content to come home, put on my fuzzy PJs and a, and a hoodie and eat popcorn for dinner and not think twice about it and, and love every bit of it. <laughs> it gets back to what I was saying before you've done that before you've experienced what you think am i missing you out really no i've been there i know i know exactly how the night will go mm -hmm. all those nights in the bars for you namaste with all your girlfriends whether they, you know how many nights did you go down there and how many nights was it just the same oh it's pretty much pretty much the same you know so you're not missing out at all right now you know what i mean because you've done it well a couple of you know some of them are single one of them is in two of them, two of my friends in that group are in a relationship. I'm talking about a closer group that I am still. Uh, we like we we actually do word games via text. And so we mm -hmm. do other stuff together. So and, and they're totally cool about they don't even care. They don't even notice. I just order my and they're not heavy hitters either. They're not like I was the one in that group that was the heavy hitter. I'm the one that. Everybody would say good night and I would stay at the bar and have another one or somebody would buy me a drink and that would be my, that, and then I would just stay. So now I'm not that person. Now I, I leave when everybody else leaves and I drive home and I don't worry about it, you know, but the other groups, I have other groups that are heavy hitters. I mean, there's, there's, uh, pictures of martinis and 
and cosmopolitans on the counter and they're not being measured and they're going down and and then it's switching over to wine and then it gets slurry and then it's and, and honestly don't really have that much in common with them so i don't i don't get invited and i don't care i think you pick and choose and you find out who's really a friend who your friends really are because if they if you if they're true friends then they then they like you and you like them for the right reasons yeah and there's a glue that holds a friendship together that has nothing to do with drinking there's friends that are a, a friend of mine used to call fair weather friends they're only there on when it's fair weather and not when it's a shit storm you know so your friend squirrel monkey is the friend that's there for you no matter what through thick and thin mm-hmm. And, and you accept her and she accepts you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you could find a guy like that, it'd be good. But I don't think you can be with a guy that drinks heavily, even if you have a million things in common, because it's going to go downhill eventually. And eventually I think it's for me, trigger. yeah, it'll trigger for me. I would be triggered eventually. There's I, just no what? way. I tried to date too soon after my engagement ended because I was just... I don't know. I think it was a lot of uh, PTSD dealing with narcissistic flashback and stuff. And I, and I date, tried to date too soon, but now I just know if I were to date somebody like the guy that mentioned the, the old fashions, it would just, it would be triggering for me. And that's, that's not fair to them. And it's not fair to me because I would just immediately go back at it with a preconceived idea and not intentionally try to be be hurtful or mean or judgmental, but it would punish them for what I went through. And it's easier just to start with the clean and and just know what yeah, I was just gonna say here's that point too, you know, like how after well, let's just put it this way, I'll go back. I read a couple of times, do you know the big book did not actually say anything about dating, not dating in the first year? It's not in there. Really? Where it came from, I don't know. They did at an AA meeting, so. Someone brought I watched, it up. I watched, a movie, thing, so. yeah, I watched okay, a movie so. about it that said that. So who knows? Maybe it came off of a movie. Yeah, and they just whether it, it is or whether it isn't, it's just a little bit of uh, useless information that I read well, today. Well, I think it's true. That was it. I, yeah. I so, think it's true. I, I would recommend that. I, I think COVID's been a blessing in a way because I didn't see anybody and I didn't go anywhere. If you're dating too soon into your sobriety and you haven't had a chance to get to know yourself as a sober woman and let your brain heal, because it does take, I think, I think it takes a year before, before you're really thinking clearly and you really know yourself, especially if you're somebody that's, that's my age, or let's just say over 40, you really need to get to know yourself, know what you like and what you don't like, get secure in yourself solid as a person before you start to be for me it would be people pleasing it would be okay I just need to make this person happy and I never think about myself and make this other person happy and I would fall back and I still would I still have to be careful because that's my personality and it's a problem that I have is codependency and people pleasing. So I have to pull myself back in. And when I was drinking, I couldn't do that. I wasn't able to pull myself back in. I got my pleasure for making someone else happy. And I didn't give a shit about whether I was happy. 
Yeah, being Always. single, give yourself time. My advice to anybody that's out there that's just newly single and trying to get sober is just just to stay by yourself and do the work and read books. Do some things that are fun. Find out what you really like to do. You know, hiking, art. There's all kinds of things that you do that you could do better as a sober person that you couldn't even couldn't even do because either you had a buzz on or you weren't physically up to it or whatever the reasons are. There's just a whole world out there that you can discover and enjoy. But if you don't give yourself a chance to find out what you like and what what makes you feel good, I don't think you're ready to date. Yeah, and it's like the real world. You know, <laughs> who in the real world would say to you, now look, you are going into college and I don't want you to date, you know, for a year <laughs> or, something, or to whatever. I mean, it's just not normal. I, I think that you're, you should take responsibility yourself and say, I'm not going to. I choose not to. Um, I'd say six months. I don't know about you ladies, but for me, if, if it was me, I'd be saying like looking back six months um, before I'd even been thinking about it. But even now, and I was think, thinking about this when we were chatting about it before, because as we get older, right, time is valuable and we don't want to waste anybody else's time and we don't want to waste our own. Here's the thing. Would you guys, ladies, would you ladies in this day and age, like I was thinking about this the other day, I thought, Say I was single and I saw somebody I really liked, say just in a supermarket or something, would I go up now sober and say something to them? They'd have to be pretty good looking though um, or catch my eye, Would I do, knowing that I may never see them again. Um, Only because I'm not attracted to that many people. I, I, I would thought, you know, love I to. I reckon but, I would. Yeah, I, I would love to say, say yes, something. I could do that. But they got two grams, two grams of sugar or what in it? Like I just, yeah. I don't know. I'd say something dumb, but yeah, uh, I, I, I don't think I can do it. Um, not because I'm not bold enough or not, not adventurous enough to do it, but more I'm oblivious to be honest. And um, I, my, my daughter, and this was before I was was oh, with this my. Said ex. You want to meet someone? You yeah, know, you're um, actually I, making I a would, mission. Yeah, I would see people at the store when I'd be with my daughter, we'd be out running around and stuff and I'd see someone and they would make eyes at me and I just totally would ignore them and not think twice. And my daughter would be like, mom, they're flirting with you. So then I'd be like, I was like, oh, so that's how you flirt at the store. You make eye contact and smile. And so now when I see people out and about and the first thing I do is look and see if they have a ring on. (laughs) But I kind of smile and, and I try to be, I don't know, cutesy or flirty i feel like the most awkward gangly spider monkey (laughs) so if i can't even like hey how you doing with my eyes there's no way i'm going to talk to somebody because i I couldn't do it (laughs) here's the thing when you were drinking no this is not i'm gonna get revved up here because here's the thing when we were drinking you go to a bar and i can guarantee by the end of that lunchtime no matter any of us would be talking to someone and it's exactly how i'd start i'd turn around and say like it could be over anything. Say, oh, hey, hey, mate, what about that? That or what? What the heck is that drink? Like, I, yeah. I wouldn't even. I'm not even asking anything about them. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And I yeah, start conversations. Maybe you're it's not sales guarded. <laughs> and being in sales and whatever, I'm used to opening up conversations all the time. But when mm. I don't want to talk, I don't want to talk. Don't get me wrong. And it'd have to be somebody you know that I really wanted to think that was even worth the effort. But. Because you think about how many times you talk to people half-loaded over lunch or dinners or whatever about what, 
over anything and you never see them again. I've said this see, quite a lot. I've got more bloody friends out in that world that I don't even remember. I think I think that, was, that was just today. it. I don't. I when I when I would drink, it was like that that wall or that in, inhibition, that type five in me that was not in control. So I could do it and totally be fine and not think twice about it. But now, now that I'm not drinking, I'm like, oh God, that smile was awkward. Do I have something in my teeth? Do my does my hair look funny? <laughs> do I have my shirt tucked into my pants? Is there totally all this stuff is going through my brain now? But when I was drinking, it wasn't. So it was so much easier to be super self-awareness, mate. I know. It kills yeah, you. but, but now that I'm not drinking it, that mm-hmm. that self-awareness is so strong that yeah, it, I'm like that. Harder for we me. We're like that. Yeah, we notice everything. We just do. That's us. We're like great detectives. I'm okay. I'm okay with talking to people. When I was drinking, it was like you, King. I would, yeah, I would have no problem, you know, talking to somebody about whatever. It, in the bar or out at a party or a gathering or whatever, whatever. And, you know, you usually knew who was not, who was single and who wasn't. I'm not really shy with people. I'm not afraid to talk to people. No, you know, that's a good thing. That's what I love about yeah. you. I like your people. total I, I do. No, because I, I get shy. Sometimes I don't want to talk either. I'm like, you sort of like, sometimes I'm like, professionally, totally different story. But I'm talking I'll talk to anybody. Like, I'll talk to anybody about anything. In fact, my ex used to get so mad because he would always say to me, do you have to talk to everybody everywhere you go? Because we'd be, you know, somewhere and I'd always just say hi. And hence, that's one of those arguments that would have actually come out of drinking, right? Absolutely right. Where's that fine line between just having a chat to someone and then all of a sudden he thinks you're flirting? That's one of those things that would never happen with two sober people, probably. That you would check it out in a different manner. Yeah. Well, he he wasn't a drinker though. He he wasn't a drinker, but he he used to get he used to get like even people going by in cars. I I would wave. I know everybody. I don't know what just because I'm friendly, and I live in a small town, so like I know a lot of people. I went to. All the kids' games after school. I knew all the parents. Yeah, I knew, I knew people from different walks of life in town. So mm. I would wave to people and he'd say, You know more people. How do you know all these people? And I'd be just like, Because I know them. I live there a lot. Why not time. be friendly? Why not wave to somebody? Why not why not smile and say, Have a nice day? Or yeah, or, or, or tell somebody their baby is cute. It does or, go back to your environment. You know what I mean? If you've been in one place a long time, which I yeah. have. Well, and That's not just your environment, but I think it's also your career too. Because and again, it, career it's, is huge. Yeah, it's not so bad where I am now, but when I was in a different town that I'd been in for years, being in healthcare, you kind of learn when you're doing things. You don't, at least for what I do, um, you don't make eye contact. You don't make eye contact with people in the waiting room. You get your, you get your patient, you, and then once you're behind closed doors you're going to have that interaction but you kind of get this vibe about you that you don't make eye contact you see the sea of people but you don't truly see people and because you might be doing uncomfortable things to these people and you don't want to see everybody out in the world so then when you go places like you go to walmart or or you go grocery shopping or you're going to the mall or you're going to some fourth of july festival it's kind of hard one to 
turn off that don't see everybody phase. But then also it's just awkward because you might have done awkward things and now you're seeing them in public. So you kind of, a lot of people that I know that are in healthcare, when we go out places, we're not making small talk, number one, because we've talked all day. And number two, um, we might know you for some awkward reasons, but then number three, the more you talk to, to everybody that you come in contact with at work, whether it's through the ER or outpatient, they remember you. So then they want to talk to you. So namaste might remember me from doing a procedure and come up and talk to me at Walmart. And I'll be like, who's this crazy woman? I'll be saying, <laughs> thank, God, thank God for COVID masks. Yeah, <laughs> we, we tried it to not do that. And I, and because that's part of how my career is when I'm out in public, unless it's somebody I actually know, I don't talk to them because I'm like, I might've stuck something in their bum hole at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my Lordy Lord. I love it. This is, perspective. Like, this is like, guess what squirrel monkey's profession is. Everybody can, everybody can guess. I work mostly alone. So when I do, yeah. when I'm out at the, the store or out, you know, stop to get a coffee or something like that, I'll, you know, I will smile and say hi to people because most of my work is, is uh, in my workshop. So maybe that's why, but I was always like that even as a kid. My mom used to say, why do you talk to people that you don't know? <laughs> and, that, and I come from the age where you didn't have to worry about your kids going to the bus stop alone. You didn't think there was a serial killer or a rapist that was going to get you at the bus yeah. stop. You know, you trusted people. So I've just been that way. Yeah. So that's, that's fun. Yeah. It, I think being single and sober is awesome. I don't think well, I would have been able to get thing. single. I mean, to get sober without getting single. I never would have gotten sober in my marriage. Right. Okay. Never. Yeah. It was just too much stress and too much, too much dysfunction and all the other stuff. I never, I never would have been able to cope. So getting single to me was a, was a gift. And then getting sober, being able to focus on getting sober while I'm single and just focus on myself because something I thought about, I thought about last night is that you're with yourself the rest of your life. If you never meet anybody ever and as a romantic partner, right, you are going to have a relationship with yourself for the rest of your life, right? So if you learn to be your own best friend, at least you're comfortable with who you are. And if you don't end up with, with somebody else, then that's okay. At least you are okay with yourself. So that's, that's my words of wisdom that I have to share. What did I say to you from day one? Namaste. When I set out on this, everybody asked me, what, how did you start out? What did you do? What did I say? So I was going to be my own best friend and coach. Be your I best said friend. over and over and over and over yeah. and over again. And that's how I approached it. Um, I think that's important for everybody. Yeah, well, I've been, the things I've been saying today, you girls have been saying, no, no, that's not right. And I'm sitting here thinking, geez, I'm not getting it very right today because (laughs) it just goes to show, no, just how varied it is in this world. 
things don't go according to plan, people are going to have, you're going to have your honest, you're going to have your dishonest, you've got to have this, you've got to have that. At the end of the day, if you want something, and a publisher that I worked for once said to me, she said, you've got to go out and get it. Just like you came out and got this job, just like you came out and achieved everything else in your life. She said, and she was at it, she always wanted me, she was always very, very interested in my dating life, God bless her. And, um, and she would say, you've got to work out what it is that you want, the environments that you think you're going, you may actually meet them in. I mean, she had me and my girlfriend playing bloody golf on a Sunday morning, getting golf lessons, but only hopefully with men attendees. She was so funny. She booked these golf lessons for us and asked that only other people that were playing to could be male, put us in a male group. Just, But, you know, just doing things like that, putting yourself into I, I actually joined a sailing club, primarily men sail. Mm-hmm. They, they, but they also drink a lot. I found out, so that may not yeah. be my my first um, recommendation. Bowling clubs, bowling clubs are great. Join a bowling club. You can waste I a lot am of time there. actually signed up to take some diving classes because pickleball, uh, diving yeah. classes. There you go. I, I, I want to take diving class because I thought you know I I see a lot of guys on the single sites that like to dive. I don't know how. I might absolutely hate it. But like you said, you have to put yourself in in the environment for the things that you like. Well, I like to do things. I like adventurous things. I like to go zip lining. I like to go hiking. I like to backpack. And diving looks like it would be a lot of fun. So I thought, you know, I'm going to go at it to do things that I want to do so that I find people that like to do things that I like to do. And so far, it hasn't worked with the hiking groups, but that's because most of the people that come to the hiking groups end up being women. And namaste, I don't mean this bad at all. So please don't take it that way. But when I go to na- when I go hiking in nature, I want to enjoy nature. And the hiking groups always end up being primarily women. And it's they won't stop talking. And then I walk away going, oh, I remember why I don't like this. I don't like people. So I thought, well, diving, you can't, yeah. Yeah. And with diving, you can't drink and you can't talk. (laughs) So maybe I'll find some. You're not forced to put a muzzle on it. Yeah. (laughs) But but then I'll have, I'll meet people that have adventurous spirits and maybe someone will teach me how to, how to surf or something. I don't know. But yeah, you do have to put yourself out there. If you want your life to change, you have to change (sighs) your life. I agree with you about the hiking and quiet. I like to walk. And I have lots of girlfriends that want to walk and talk, 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 talk. And I try to dodge that if I can and go by myself because that's when I take my dog and that's when I just want to, I just want to be with nature and, and just quiet. It's just so relaxing and nice. There's a time and a place for everything. You got to pick and choose what you really, what you're comfortable with. You know, summer's coming. I'm looking forward to that. It's, been horrible cold here where I live there's nothing to do but go to a bar so I'm looking forward to summer concerts I hope you know things like that where you're outside and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna actually branch out and start going to other towns other little towns Uh, a lot of these little towns have concerts on the green or they have like little things I'm gonna try to try to try to look up some of these things and just try to go by myself, because mm-hmm. there's another thing about meeting people. If you go with a pack of girls, nobody's going to, you're not going to meet anybody because nobody's going to walk up to 
three women or four women sitting down somewhere and strike up a conversation, no matter how cute they think you are or whatever, whatever. So uh, it's interesting. Yeah, no, I used to do the same thing. I used to go out and take a male friend and go out with a male friend and serve other girls. I agree with you. Um, yeah, so guys, why don't you just grab a cup of coffee and we're just going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Um, welcome back, listeners. Sorry about that. We had to say a quick um, and didn't know about goodbye from our dear friend, Namaste. She had to take off. So we're back with Squirrel and King 13. And yesterday was Valentine's Day. So <laughs> tell me, Squirrel, what happened? I think it's a money spinner, crock of crap. But where did yours go? God bless those. I'm not a big Valentine's Day person anyway. I never really was. Um I've always called it the anti Valentine's day or the socially awkward singles day, but I've just, I've never been a good fan of it. And, um, a girlfriend of mine, her, the guy that she's dating was having to go into work for nights. So she had invited me over to just spend Valentine's Day with her because we wanted to see the new Jennifer Lopez movie out called Marry Me. And so she's got the network um, on her on her TV so that she can watch the movie on demand. And so she had invited me over. She said, you know, I'm fixing dinner for my guy, but he's got to go in for overnight and I want to have a good dinner. So why don't you come over? So I took my dog over there and we ended up having a good time for the evening. We had a homemade dinner that she made, which was phenomenal. The guy needs to snatch her up. She's just awesome. He's just stupid. (laughs) But we had a good evening. We, We had dinner. We sat around and visited for a little while, talked talked about everything, talked about relationships, talked about TV shows, everything. And we watched the movie and just had a great time. And it was less stressful. There was no pressure. I didn't even want to go out with anybody. And I just, for me, it's just all, it's just all about money and marketing. And, and honestly, I'm not on social media a lot anymore, unless I'm just posting stuff about my hikes. And so I did get on this morning and I was just like, (laughs) all of the, this is the life, this is my blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I think I'm ready to date and I would like to have, have someone in my life, but that whole bit just hit me with just like, <laughs> yeah, look at this money spinner. And I don't want to talk about it. Not, I've never celebrated it. Not really. You know, I'd rather get something just any old day, just because that's really yeah. where I'm coming from. I would and, rather um, have a gift card to Lowe's than a, than a yeah. bunch of flowers <laughs> that are going to die in a week. <laughs> I've actually started doing that. I mean, instead of sending flowers now, I've been actually sending plants to people so they keep mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, and it's a much yeah, better but let's Yeah, my friend gave me a stuff. plant. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good one. And the thing is, getting back to these people out there who, if they're drinking a lot and thinking, well, you know, our sober people are not going to be fun, that is a crock of crap. Because I don't know about you, but we have, we've loved so, so much, even in our women's meetings of late. We've had a couple of birthdays and stuff, and we've just laughed our pants off. And so we have to be misconception breakers. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the thing is, if you take something that is supposed to make you numb, how can you be more fun? Yeah. <laughs> you're fun for a little bit until you're not fun anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, when you think about it and just sit, keep everything as simple as you possibly can, that's fine. And if somebody wants to just get hammered, get hammered, they're not in the right space of mind to even want to be a partner of yours and they don't deserve to be. So that's it, whoever they are. 
Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things I think that's one of the things about being single and, and not drinking is you have higher standards, um, not yeah. just for yourself, but for the people that are in your life. If, if, if you're not drinking and the people that are around you, all they want to do at the end of the day is go home and get drunk. That's not really a standard for what I want in my life. I don't really even want to be around people just in general, not romantically or otherwise, that just, that's all they, they strive for in life. I think you start yeah. to have a, a higher standard for the people that you're going to want to spend your time with. Absolutely. And we've got to be able to trust them. We're not going out at night. We're not doing night dates. People, ladies, just forget them. Do them in public. Coffee's great. Cup of herbal tea, whatever you want. Um, but do it in daylight. Never, ever meet anyone. And I'm sure that you know this, but even for you young ones, you might trust. Zoom's a great idea, meeting them on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can really, you can get a lot from people. I've met people through the I Am Sober community after talking to them, you know, six months in there, I, I met them in person. And it's like you know them. It's a, it's really, Zoom's terrific. It's fantastic. So that's what I would say to everyone out there. If you are going to set up a date, make it a Zoom one after, say, an initial, if you can't get, they don't want to meet you face-to-face or you don't want to and you're feeling for your safety, that's a great first, second, third safe date. <laughs> oh, God bless COVID and the masks. <laughs> that's all I can say. <laughs> Um, but, it, you know, it doesn't change. I don't think drinking or not drinking so you don't drink. If you've got a partner, as I said, that does drink, and I've said it to my husband, I'm not living with a drunk. Nobody wants to live with a drunk. Let's face it, who does? Nobody. Yeah. And even and it's true, when I was drinking, the thought of me ever going out with someone that, that didn't drink is exactly everything that I have just spurted out from my own mouth what the perceptions were, that no fun. You know, yeah. so I'm not going to sit here and be a bloody hypocrite. That's for sure. Well, and now I didn't know any, you don't know again, you don't, from both sides, you don't know any better. Well, and it's not just that you don't know any better. You don't know that person. And that was what I ran into because I wasn't drinking all that much. I mean, I would have a cocktail with my ex and not think much about it, but the person that I was with, we had a great time. We always had plenty to talk about. We had all of this fun and we had deep conversations and, and I never really saw him drunk. And the few times that I, that I, when I looked back on it and I realized that he'd been drinking very heavily, then now that I've gone through my over imbibement and going from being a moderated drinker to drinking too much and now being sober completely. Now I can look back and say, Oh yeah, I think he had been had too much to drink that night because that was when he went from being this, this fun, vibrant person to not so fun. But I think also when you're drinking, you don't necessarily realize that some of what you say is not coming across the way your brain is intending it to be. And being with someone who'd been drinking as heavily as he was, I thought that was just part of his character. I didn't realize that that was alcohol talking. And it wasn't until after we split up and um, he can claim that he'd been drinking a lot, that that made sense to me. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I don't think people realize that what they intend to say and what they actually say are two different things. And it's not fair to the other person in the relationship because then you're not being your authentic self. You're not showing your partner who you truly are. And I started drinking a lot heavier after we split up because I was brokenhearted and that's not, that's not a way to cope. And now I will never go back to moderating. I won't, I won't drink at all, but I can at least look back on that relationship and know 
that I think alcohol was definitely the reason it ended. But at the same time, I also don't know. I can't say I truly knew the man as much as I thought he was the love of my life, as much as I thought he was being open and honest, finding out later how much he'd been drinking. I couldn't, I can't say I really knew him. And that is the reason why as a single person and a sober person, that's now looking to get into the dating world. I don't want to be dating anybody that drinks because that's always going to be in my head. Is this really this person Mm -hmm. is there, are the things they're saying true? Are they genuine? Are they real? Or is it the alcohol talking? Because we are not the same people when we're drinking as opposed to when we're sober. And that would be something that I would put out there as a caution to people that, that are sober and are thinking about dating people that are drinking are, do you, are they really being them? Are they really being who, who you think they are? Because the the person I fell in love with was not that person. And that was, that was a hard head game for me to, to move past. But I realized that now that that's alcohol, that's what it does. It changes who you are. It changes how you act, how you say things. And I want to know people for who they really are. That's what's been great about our Zooms is you get to see people who they really are. They're, they're authentic, they're vulnerable, they're sharing who they are and their story. And why would anybody want to numb that with alcohol? And why would anybody want to squash that? Because we're fabulous people. We don't need booze. Exactly. That's exactly right. And, you know, it's amazing when we, when you get onto these rooms and you meet these people and, you know, it's amazing when you think you're the only one out there that no one's going to, no one's going to understand. And it's Mm -hmm. just such a different, different world when you get into the I am sober community. And I mean, look, you know, the bottom line is, and we all, we, we said it, you know, if you take the alcohol away, I mean, you can just concentrate on what is, the having fun, what the activities, whatever it is that you're doing, the people that you're with, the environment that you're with, you know, just make the most of it because you can't get that time back. And that's what I wrote my one one by one year um, post about, about how valuable time is. And mm-hmm. don't waste your time dating somebody that doesn't deserve you. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And we spend so much time in relationships that we shouldn't be in. Um, I'm fortunate. I never had anybody. I was the problem. I was the bigger problem than anybody I went out with in the sense of, I, you know, I was as big a drinker if I was with a bigger drinker, a big drinker, although I think I drank more than them, to be honest. They were more responsible than me. But I didn't want responsibility either. And I, did, and I made it known. So it wasn't, I wasn't really trying to play something that I wasn't. I was quite mm-hmm. enjoying what I was doing until, mm-hmm. as I said, until it's not fun anymore, right? Yeah. So, and did you know that there's actually an app? I looked up this before I came on called SoberAndSingle.com. Or sorry, I beg the other way around, I beg your pardon. SingleAndSober.com. There you go, people. Get on that. It's like eHarmony, apparently. Um, and then there's like Lucid. That's another app. And apparently you can like do things, you know, like concerts and just get together and do activities. That might be a bit fun, you know. As I said, try and get out and just find someone who's just doing things. I don't know about you, but now that I'm I'm even old, way older than you, I don't want to go out at night. I won't go out at night. There'd be no going out at night, dating at night, nothing no. like that. You can forget it. If I was single or otherwise, I'm just not interested. I love my bed too much these days. A Zoom, there you go. I could do a Zoom call. I want <laughs> to be, be in my pajamas on my couch at 8 o'clock. <laughs> Yeah, and the only, the only person I'll be talking to is you. So yeah. you, and me, you and me will we'll Zoom at night. 
But, um, you know, and that's the thing with, with in sobriety too, you're feeling so much better. You should have more natural confidence to date. Yeah. That should just automatically, that's what I said. Even when I've been drinking and stuff here, yeah, you might say it, but the delivery is going to be horrible. You know what I mean? If you try and talk to somebody at a bar or out at lunch or whatever it is. But if you're doing it sober over in a supermarket, it would probably come across really goofy if you did something really stupid. Because yeah. then I'd probably tell the person later on if I was talking to them the truth about what I did. But, but you know, again, try and make things fun. Yeah. Try and make things fun, you know. I don't know, wherever they're standing, drop something on the shelf on their toes or something. <laughs> just Well, here, here's my I'm deal. Sorry. I am that sorry. that's just my reality. Um, I am just oh. socially awkward. Oh, it's so it, it's, it's oh, when I was drinking and even before when I was just moderately drinking, I would be so embarrassed by it and so humiliated. <laughs> and oh, you, now oh, I just 100 percent embrace the fact mm-hmm. that that this girl is awkward squirrel yeah, monkey it's, like, it's my name because i am just i'm just awkward <laughs> it's okay doll i've been on crutches more times than i've got fingers so it's okay. <laughs> on one hand but, um, but on the great on the flip side of it now i just embrace it and i laugh and, and if i do something stupid i'm like well that just happened <laughs> i know and we want to end this on a positive note because i want you to know there is hope out there i do believe yes. there is somebody for everybody and think about the times that you went out with that person that you really knew you shouldn't have gone out with but you went out with anyway you know mm-hmm. that time yeah mm-hmm. we've all done that well we won't be doing that anymore as sober people see you wouldn't just say you go your gut instinct is always right if it's just yeah, yeah nah it's gonna be yeah nah <laughs> it yeah. might turn into it yeah maybe but you can, i reckon you can have even people right who are just normal to look at they're not whatever great but they've got really nice you know um what's the word appearance and they take care of themselves and they might you know have a nice cologne or whatever on a perfume or whatever and they open their mouth and all of a sudden they look better and their personality really comes out yeah. they're the people you want they're the beauties yeah. they're the ones you don't even know that are out there until they open their mouth and all yeah. of a sudden they've, they've gone from a bloody six to a, like an eight and you're thinking yeah jesus that's all right you know and they've got a great personality and they, they're fun and they laugh and you're thinking yeah look at the heart i always said if they haven't got heart they haven't got anything sober mm-hmm. or non-sober so yes we all have the same problems people out there drinking non-drinking just think but the, the beauty is when you are sober you have clear skin fresh appearance you have pride in yourself you have naturally organically more confidence and use it take just take a step take jump just you know what do you got to lose you go home and just say well that didn't work it's a numbers game if you're in sales i used to get rejected all the time well not all the time but sometimes it's a part of you know closer to a yes that's what i say every no is closer to a yes do not forget that so don't give up hope i mean you know we all i said that like the top five percent i've always said that about things in life and I can remember even saying to my husband, oh, yeah, you, you know, you're one of those top percent blokes, top five percent blokes that you very rarely meet. And, and I remember saying to him the first night I met him, I said, you know what? I said, you're different. He said, why? I said, you're real. He looked at me as if I was stupid, like real, because he had not played the fake world. He didn't know. Yeah. What do you mean? being fake mate i've been married for 20 years he was married for 20 years and i think you can tell people that are authentic versus those that are not and really quick and 
I, I had a hard time doing that at first, obviously, but <laughs> I, I think that when you're more authentic and you're more real with yourself, it makes it a lot easier to pick up when other people are being authentic. And I think that's a big difference. I want to be around people who are just genuinely themselves and apologetically themselves. Right. Um, my hiking partner, for example, we are just friends and the guy, I love him to pieces. He's like my brother and he's ADD and he can be bouncing absolutely all over the place, which is hysterical because when we go hiking, he goes in front of me. I don't start in front of him because if I'm in front of him, he just talks nonstop and I'm like, dude, shut up. <laughs> but whenever we're out, we got, I put him in front of me now. So he walked, he walks it all off. And he was so embarrassed about it at first because he's like, you know, I just have all this energy. I just got to get it out. And I'm like, I totally get it. I understand. I just, we're good. And he was talking one day about how people that he's dated would make fun of him for that. And I'm like, okay, here's so socially awkward squirrel who trips over <laughs> own two feet Walmart. So, you know, pot kettle black, it's, it's totally cool. But I think when you surround yourself with people who are authentic and you just accept mm -hmm. each other for how they are, life is so much more interesting and, and let people get to know you don't, don't hide it. Just be authentic, be vulnerable, be, be goofy, be grouchy if you have to be, but apologize for it, but just be who you are. And that makes the best relationships. It makes the most fun and the, the best stories. <laughs> well, yeah. And we were, you know, we were outside of the pool bar at the Hyatt Hotel and I'm, we're talking about baseball, you know, because I was mad about American baseball. So I'm, and this is in Malaysia and what you talk about, you know, and so he must have just looked at me with some crazy move who's working at the Hyatt who's telling, I was trying to tell him to turn the television station over and he was sitting at the bar and you just start talking. Well, I've done that a lot, a lot in my life. Australians tend to do that. They can just start the conversation up. But I don't do it with just everybody. And now, I, now I'm getting older. It's just like, oh, yeah, you know. Now it's, it's real quality in numbers, you know, the people that are closest to you. It's all about the quality and everything. And this mm. community is terrific. And that's why I said I've had to cut back all the groups we have different groups here too guys that if you're listening that um that come through the IAS they're unofficial zooms but we do them for men and women and mixed so we are communicating we are supporting each other which is really really important and it's the same with dating you know I mean we still need support in the dating world I mean it's hard mm -hmm. enough staying sober and it can be very lonely loneliness is terrible as I said we've talked about the difference in other podcasts of being alone and um being lonely but you do need downtime, especially as I like to call it. I don't call it recovery anymore. I like to call it discovery and uncovery because it's just this evolving world that we're going to be, you know, going through. Um, but just have hope and hang in there and don't settle for second best. I'd rather be on my own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rather be on my own. And as I said, I didn't get married till I was 40. I never really wanted to get married, but, you know, you have to work in the States. But I would I just would have lived with my husband. That would have been fine. Um and you know, but it's not—it's not the be-all. I mean, it, it, look, it's—you got to do these things. I, I sort of said to myself, well, you know, do it. You just—it might just be all right. So again, whatever you think that you think you know that you want for yourself, it may not be the case. So be open to everything, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Be open to everything, and I have nothing in a box. Even with people, love, you know what? This that. Who knows who you're going to fall in love with, where you're going to end up, where you're going to, what job you're going to take, where you're going to live. I'm, I'm way, way, way on the other side of the world from where I started and I'm still going. So you just never know where you'll end up. 
Is there anything else? We're going to have to do probably a lot more on this because this is just like the tip of the iceberg as far as just dating and sobriety and everything else and doing lots of other things, just, you know, being sober for the first time. We're lucky. You're coming up. Your your months are coming up now and, you know, you'll have a year behind you where you've done everything for the first time as I've just done myself. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Well, I want to thank you for joining me. Is there anything else you want to say before we go? Uh, No, I I don't guess so. Well, you know, you were talking about um, building up and things just getting better and better. And for anyone that might be listening, that's rather new to their sobriety. And um, when you get fat past that first two weeks of, oh, this is miserable and I, I just can't do it. You start to to have the light come on and, and you start to see things a little bit better and a little bit more clearly. And you just, I've noticed for me this last seven months that um, more and more, everything just gets easier. It gets more positive. It gets more energetic and my life is just more full and it's more, I don't know, alive, awake. It's like the light is on. And that for me is what gives me hope to keep continuing to go on because something keeps getting better. And I think that's what people need to focus on if they're trying to do the dating and the sobriety all at the same time. And it, it keeps getting better. Just keep working at it. So, and don't give yeah, up hope. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a romantic person, but I am kind of a hopeless <laughs> romantic in that, you know, and I don't give up hope that, that my forever is out there somewhere. So. I'll well, just have to me. deal with my clumsiness. <laughs> look at me. Everyone had given up hope on me. I was 40. Everyone yeah. would say, well, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah. And if nothing know, else, yeah. I have an adorable dog and it can just be he and I for the rest of our lives too. So, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? And, and, that, um, and saying, it's really interesting because saying no to other people or just not getting married for the sake thereof or being with someone says, it tells me I know a lot about me, that I know that I'm not that flexible sometimes with the way that I do things. And I run my own house. I do. I'm very lucky. I'm the queen. (laughs) What about everything? Just, you know, where Mm -hmm. everything goes, what about it? I just run it that way. But that's the way it sort of has to be. Isn't it interesting? And he's fine with that. A lot of men are fine with that. And the women, the women make more decisions in relationships than you, you'd be surprised, you know, Sometimes they think that they uh, they don't, and the men let them think they're getting away with it. I always often wonder which ones am I really getting away with, and which ones is he sort of got got me around about. But anyway, all right. Well, that was really fun. Um, as I said, you know, life goes on. You never know who you're going to meet. Your your life can change in a minute, and don't as as quickly as you can lose a minute, grab a minute. If you yeah. see an opportunity, grab it, yeah. because if your guts said something to you, go and do it. Mm-hmm. As long as it's safe and it's not going to hurt anyone, go and do it. Anyway, this is King 13. I'm going to say bye for now. We'll probably be back with you with the part B, but for now, listening to this, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've had a little bit of a laugh with this. I'm going to say bye. Thank you for joining me, Squirrel Monkey. You want to say Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys, and we'll see you next time. And check out Sober Town after we say ciao. See you next time. <laughs>